Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. If you would love to keep us on the air and support us, you can over on Ko-fi. It's four pounds or six bucks. You can buy us a one-off cup of coffee or you can become a member of the VIP Raw community where we have our private Facebook group and also an exclusive monthly Zoom call. So if you want to join us, you can. The link is in the show notes. Let's get on with today's episode. Grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name's Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And we have a plethora of royal engagements for you this week, royal community, so buckle up. <laughs> we do, but first, I want to start by saying to you, Shell, happy St. David's Day! Yeah, St. David's Day! And you know what? I am so bad because usually I have my daffodil on and I don't have it on. I feel like I want to pause the recording right now and go grab it. So that's not exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do, so bear with. I'm back and I've got the daffodil on. <laughs> she has got a daffodil. <laughs> Shell, have you had a Welsh cake today? Not yet. I have not left the house. I've been so busy at work and I thought, you know what? I know I'm Welsh through and through. I kind of just had a little happy St. David's Day to myself today and I probably will get a Welsh cake tomorrow. But guess what, Rach? I'm heading back to the motherland Friday, Saturday, Ooh. Sunday, which I'm super excited about. So if you listen to it on the day that it's coming out, I'll be in Wales visiting my family and I'll be having fresh Welsh cakes. Yay! Yay! And actually, if I do have Welsh cakes, I will post a picture up on Instagram. And everyone was loving my painting by numbers picture on Instagram this week, wasn't they, Rach? They were. People were going crazy over it. <laughs> so I think now, Shell, you do have to get painted by numbers of the Queen because yeah. that's what everyone's waiting for. But we want to see your updated progress of your Italian Riviera when you finished it because that looks incredible. I'll pop it up this week because I probably won't be doing any painting on it this Saturday or Sunday because I'll be in Cardiff. But I've already done four hours and I've got about two or three more hours left on it. But it's looking really good. I'm really excited to kind of see it in all its glory. There was 12 paints and I've done nine of them. So I've only got three more paints left to go. I'm going to be a bit sad when I finish this one. Oh, it is sad. Royal community, we want to just say thank you to everybody that messages us over on Instagram. And we would like to say to you, if you have a voice note of any of the topics that we discuss in this week's episode, send us a voice note over on Instagram, keeping up with the Windsor's pod, as we'd love for you to be part of next week's episode. Absolutely. We love a voice note Royal community, so send them through. We love a voice note. We had a message from Kimberly Ann, and she's from Milwaukee in the US. And she said, my Saturday morning treat, coffee and your podcast. I am a massive Royal Family fan and have been my whole life. I've been listening to your podcast since last July and I'm so grateful you take the time and effort to create this content. Thank you so much because you ladies are the best. Have a great oh, weekend. So nice. We hope you had a good weekend too, Kimberly. Thank you so much for your lovely comments. Also, we have some amazing people who email us every week. Ginny, Lola. We just want to give a massive shout out to everybody and say thank you so much for being part of the Royal Community. We had our VIP Royal Community Zoom call this week as well, didn't we, Rach? Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Like, this is what happens with Royal Community is we get talking about certain Royal stories and then it just goes into other conversations. <laughs> we were talking about the difference between. British bacon and American bacon and 
American bacon. bacon. <laughs> biscuits. We were showing biscuits. Cookies. We were showing off cup collections. Yeah, royal memorabilia. It was all going on. It was two and a half hours. We were really going for it. I loved it. It's brilliant. So we'd love for you to join us. And the more people, the merrier. And last week, we asked you a question. We said, if you have any suggestions of what we can use as a catchphrase for any time a royal lays a wreath, let us know. We had a few and yeah. some of these made me laugh so much when I was reading them. One of them, Brittany Whitaker said, wreath around the rosy. <laughs> it's like, so genius. Is it? yeah. oh, that's really cool. And we've also had bequeathed a wreath yeah. or wreath bequeath so I think maybe we've got to go for one of these two because that's what's come out the most yeah we've had a wee wreath as well we had a few more but we couldn't find them on Instagram could we Rach we were like what's going on the majority of them were bequeathed a wreath though so I think that's what we've got to go for so Although I don't think I can get my teeth around it bequeath a wreath did I get, am I getting that right it's a lot of thus isn't it <laughs> wreath bequeath it is quite wordy it's quite wreath bequeath. <laughs> oh no wreath bequeath works bequeath yeah. Wreath bequeath. Yeah, you can't say it, Shell. <laughs> oh, I can't say it. Okay, we'll continue. Next time there's a wreath laid down, we'll say wreath bequeath. <laughs> but then bequeath a wreath makes more sense, right? Oh, do you know what? We'll just do whatever comes more naturally on the day. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon we should just stick with the bequeath a wreath. It kind of just rolls off the tongue, even though I probably am yeah, going to get tongue tied. That'll be the funny part of it, right? Okay, Royal Community, we will not be having a Royal Roundup section today because we've had massive amounts of Royal engagements and we couldn't actually pick which one to choose. So we're actually going to have just a big Royal News section this week. So, Rach, let's start off with the Earl and Countess of Wessex. So, they had an under-the-radar international visit this week. Well, last week now, Shell. It was more stealth than under the radar, wasn't it? I tell you. Crawling for information. It's like, come on, tell us. Oh, they need their own social media stat, don't they? Absolutely. It needs to happen. Especially because the engagements they did and the highlighting of the patronage and charities is so important. And again, just like Anne, we didn't really get much. Diddly squat. (laughs) Diddly squat. No, we didn't get diddly squat. So the Earl and Countess of Wessex visited the Caribbean on a five-day royal tour for their patronages in the Cayman Islands, Turks and Caicos Islands and the Bahamas. I mean, I can already smell the sea air. Can you, Rose? <laughs> I wish I was by the sea right now. A nice I know, warm right? beach. That'd be oh, lovely. lovely. Prince Edward, in a speech at reception in the Cayman Islands, said, My wife and I recall with great fondness the warmth of our welcome to the Cayman Islands in 2019 and how inspiring it was to see at first hand the remarkable development of the territory over the past few decades. The Cayman Islands, like all of our overseas territories, are much loved and integral members of the British family, and I look forward to strengthening yet further our relationship in the years ahead. Here, here. Edward is what I say. Also, in Turks and Caicos, at the TCI Women's Leadership and Empowerment event, a new youth mentoring scheme was announced named the Wessex Scheme. Now, this encourages businesses and community leaders to mentor young women. How amazing is this, Shell? 
a great initiative. We've heard time and time again, if you empower women, it really does strengthen the community. And I think mentorship is really good as well, because you feel empowered to do something and then you're getting that guidance as you go along making those decisions. So it's absolutely excellent. In the Bahamas, they attended the Governor General's Youth Awards, which is the Duke of Edinburgh International Awards. And this is what it's known as in the Bahamas show. And I didn't know this fact, actually, Rachel, until we were doing the notes. You mentioned that in the UK, it's the Duke of Edinburgh awards right and then in other parts of the world it's called the duke of edinburgh international awards yeah and in the bahamas it's known as the governor general's youth awards Youth awards, yeah i mean i didn't realize it had so many different titles yeah and as we know edward has taken over hasn't he from his father in his role as the president. It was great to see him in another country recognising the work that has gone into building the Duke of Edinburgh International Awards. And we've said it time and time again, it's just one of those schemes that's so imperative to young people. It really gives young people a call in. And you learn a lot from it, don't you, Shell? You do. And we mentioned that it's Prince Philip's legacy, but also it's so far reaching. So it's helping young people get the skills they need all over the world. And I think until Prince Philip passed away, I never ever realised the grand scale of the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. So it's just amazing. And I love the fact that Edward is heading this and it's going from strength to strength, actually, isn't it? It really is. And Edward and Sophie have done so, so much over in those Caribbean countries. And we just haven't got the time to talk about it all today. But we recognise that they have achieved so much whilst they've been over there. It's just such a shame that it's just been so poorly covered by the Royal Socials yet again. We always talk about it, but I think it is time now. How amazing would this have been if they did have their own social media platform to be follow them every single day and to find out what they were getting up to and the charities that they were involved with and where they were going and the people that they were meeting. That would have been absolutely incredible. It would have. And they aren't the main principal members of the royal family. So when the other members have big things going on, which they did this week, you know, Sophie and Edward are going to take a back seat. But I just do have high hopes that if slash when the Earl and Countess become the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh, possibly, I think that is when that social media change will happen when all of that happens. But again, that is just speculation. Let's move on. I tell you what, Royal Community, grab yourself a cup of tea because we're going to be here for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, we've got so much to talk about. Let's get on to the Queen Consort. She's back, right? Yay! She is back to engagements after a recent bout with COVID. Her Majesty was joined by the King at Clarence House for a reception to celebrate the second anniversary of the book club. Yay! And during this engagement, Rach, I did notice that she was wearing the most amazing Tudor crown brooch. Did you see this brooch? It's beautiful. She's worn it before, hasn't she? She has. I think she was wearing it at the Brick Lane engagement she had a couple of weeks ago. And there was a bit of backlash about this brooch because... I'm sure we've said a million times, you know, get your Royal Community bingo card out there. We have a cost of living crisis here in the UK. We say it every podcast. But everyone was saying, you know, there's people here that can't afford to eat. And apparently that brooch is valued at £33,000. Now, my understanding is she's a queen. We're expecting her to wear jewels. We're expecting her to bring out all her finery. If she didn't, then she just wouldn't be royal, right? I was going to say, where's the slack when Queen Elizabeth used to wear the Cunningham three and four diamonds, you know? (laughs) I know, right? But then I think, to be honest, and this is another thing that I'm finding recently, especially online, it's so much easier to take a cheap shot at Camilla 
than it would be for the Queen. So I feel like a lot of people just plough loads of insults onto Charles and Camilla because I don't think they have as much respect for them as they did the Queen. So it's easier to say that. I definitely understand that. But yeah, I'm with you. Like they're royal. What are they supposed to do? Just not wear jewellery. Like that's what we want to see. We want to see the beautiful jewels. Get them out. That's what I say. Get them out of the royal vaults. Get them on. Let's go. What I love about this engagement, Rach, is did you see that she met with Charles Mackney as the guy that does the fox, the mole, the horse and the... Oh, yeah, yeah. The the foal and the horse. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that book. Um, And his little dog was in a bag. Did you see that? I posted it our stories. It was so funny. And there was was this one photo and it looked like the dog wanted a sip of Camilla's drink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was so cute. I was just like, oh, where's Beth and Bluebell? That's what I wanted to know. Yeah, bring Beth and Bluebell along. But I love the fact that he took his dog. That's such a power move, isn't it? To take your dog to Clarence's house. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I think I might have said at Christmas time, I watched his film and Royal Community, you just have to see it. It's amazing. Any of the links and charities we mentioned today, as always, we will pop into the show notes. So if you'd like to donate to any charities, or find out more information about what we're talking about they'll always be in the links in the show notes so the queen's reading room the name got changed didn't it it did Mm, that was a big deal this was a big deal it was because it was the duchess of cornwall's reading room then when the queen passed away it was made into the royal reading room and then i noticed i was on instagram i was like oh when did this change actually put it in stories i was like is this something that i've missed then it said the queen's reading room and this is had a whole rebranding and again i think we've had so many rumors and people talking behind the scenes about whether the queen consort will be known as the queen consort for the whole of her reign or whether she will become the queen at some point the fact that we've had that branding speaks volumes actually i always assumed that she would be the queen consort because that's what her majesty queen elizabeth wrote in that statement before she passed when she basically said it's my wish that camilla be known as the queen consort but then also when she does become i know she is but when she officially becomes the queen during the coronation I think from that point on, the branding will change from then. But actually, I found it quite strange to see the Queen and then Camilla connected to that. Uh, And I think as well that it's breaking us in gently, isn't it? Because we've known Camilla as the Queen Consort. We said it the other week, we still feel the presence of Queen Elizabeth II. And so to have Camilla just be known as the Queen... We know technically she is the queen. Yeah. She is the queen. But I think being that grace period of getting us prepared. And I think once that coronation happens, that's like you said, that's when we'll just know her as the queen. And then we had this video where she made a speech. And this was so cute because she looked for the king and she turns around and she saw him. And she went, your majesty. <laughs> she made the- I just cracked up. It was the way, and he even laughed himself. You can just imagine the banter between them two. Like, they just must have such a great time together. Yeah, definitely. And it was announced that the reading room has been made a charity. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, so this means it will be easier and more accessible for readers and authors to connect and give educational and free library content all year round. That's so good. I really like that. And it kind of speaks to Camilla's brand, doesn't it? And we spoke about this, didn't we? About her having a big initiative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably coming now, isn't it? I said I'd love to see her some a literacy initiative. Yeah. And the charity also announced it will stage its inaugural literary festival on the 11th of June at Hampton Court Palace. 
This is massive, isn't it? This is going to be absolutely incredible. And isn't it nice that they're using Hampton Court Palace? I know. And Hampton Court, you still haven't been there, Shell, have you? I haven't. And I was, I said to Shell, I was like, we need to go, you need to go this year. Like, this has got to be on your list. Yeah. I've been there several times with all community. It's absolutely incredible. Tudor Sarge at the front, Henry VIII standard still there. You've got Anne Boleyn as well. And then you go to the back and it's Georgian and it's incredible. The gardens are immaculate. They have a tennis court there from Henry VIII's time where he Georgian. actually used to play tennis. Yeah. But what was interesting about this is that this will feature literary themed tours and you'll also be able to hear readings from people such as Dame Judi Dench, Giles Brandwith. Oh, we've heard of him a few times. We we need a little saying for Giles Brandwith. He always comes up, doesn't he? Yeah. The proceeds will be split between the Queen's Reading Room and Historic Royal Palaces with further details about the event released in March. So, Royal Community, when we know more information, we'll keep you updated. Oh, Royal Community, did you put your ballot in for the coronation? Rachel and I did. Well, I actually did it with two days to spare, but our ballots are in. So fingers crossed for everybody for the coronation concert. Yay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think we should go to this thing then, Rachel? Do you think we should get tickets? I would absolutely love to go. I mean, Royal Community, if you've been listening for a long time, you know, I absolutely love reading. I'd rather sometimes read a book than watch TV. And to be amongst these great people as well. I mean, we could bump it. We could have a conversation about the Royals with Giles. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. He's got some stories to tell, Giles, that's for sure. He has some stories to tell. Right, let's carry on with the Queen Consort, Rach. What's happening? What else have we got going on? On the same day, the Queen Consort opens the newly renovated Boston Manor, which is celebrating its 400th anniversary. Yes, you heard that right. 400th anniversary. Her Majesty was presented with a replica key that the Queen Mother was given when she visited visited in 1963. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? And then to finish off the day, Camilla visited the JCA London Fashion Academy, where she was shown around by co-founder and shoe designer Jimmy Choo. And what was great about this show is Jimmy Choo was able to start his company with a £40 a week grant from the Prince's Trust. I never knew that. I didn't know this. And speaking in 2019 of the King, he said... What he does for charity is remarkable. He actually helped me when I was a young man. The factory I was working in closed and the Prince's Trust helped me start my business. I would probably have been on the dole now had it not been for him. And apparently he refers to Charles as his godbrother. (laughs) I love this. When I was researching this, I was like, what? Oh my goodness. This is brilliant, isn't it? But if you do actually look back over the years and you search for Prince Charles and Jimmy Choo, they've been at several events together. Yeah. And it's just amazing that Jimmy Choo is one of the world's most famous shoe designers. And if it wasn't for the Prince's Trust, he wouldn't be anywhere where he is now. One thing I loved about this engagement is one of the students had shoes made out of cactus and also banana peel. The Queen Consort came past and she was fascinated. These shoes were amazing. I think from my understanding, we're in British Fashion Week and the shoes, you can tell they were pieces of art, but I just love the fact they were moving towards more sustainable materials and obviously not using animals so much in fashion. So for me, I was just like, I need a pair of cactus shoes in my life. (laughs) So Camilla came back with a bang because all that happened in one day. So good for her. One day? Yeah. Wow. Wow, that is busy. Well, the thing is, 
she's now got to condense those engagements she possibly had to reschedule from being away from COVID. So that's a busy week. Right, Royal Community, let's move on. We're moving to the Prince of Wales. He went to the Passage charity and opened two new accommodation projects, Passage House and Bentley House. Now, this will enable the charity to support around 225 homeless people. William didn't just unveil one plaque. He unveiled two plaques. So two plaque attacks. <laughs> and also when he unveiled them, he then went, Da-da! did you see him do that? I was just laughing so much when he did that. He met Sister Joan, a nun with Daughters of Charity St. Vincent de Paul, who remembered meeting William when he was three years old on a visit with Diana. Oh, These photos were so cute because she was this little lady and he obviously had to bend down and they were holding each other's hands. It was just so adorable. Oh. It must be so bizarre as well that this woman obviously remembers meeting you, but he didn't have a clue who she was. <laughs> You're like, um, I'll take your word for it. I was three years old. I can't remember you. <laughs> In a speech, William said, I am determined to play a significant role. I look forward to sharing more details later on this year. Now, Rach, you did make a prediction, didn't you? I did. And I said that William would possibly do something with the homelessness this year. Will this become a reality? It looks like something's going to be happening. This is amazing, isn't it? Homelessness has always been a a deep-rooted issue within his initiatives. Because can you remember when he turned 14, he did that big issue um, front cover? Yeah, it makes complete sense. Then we're going to move on to some sports because on (laughs) Saturday, William and Catherine attended the England versus Wales Six Nations rugby match. This is a pretty big deal here in the UK, Royal Community. (laughs) I'm sad to say Wales did lose. William is patron of Welsh rugby and Catherine is patron of English rugby. <laughs> so before the match, they met injured players who are supported by the Welsh Rugby Charitable Trust. And we spotted some Welsh cakes. Did you see them? <laughs> I actually messaged Rachel. I was like, did you see this Welsh cakes in the picture? <laughs> They're right there. <laughs> they spoke with the kids and said George is now learning to tackle and that they are trying to teach him the rules. And also Charlotte likes playing the sport and we've heard that a lot haven't we she's very sporty like mother like daughter (laughs) they sang both the English and the Welsh national anthems and I think this was because do you remember William was criticised a few months back for not supporting Wales in the Football World Cup I think that was me that was criticising him if you remember (laughs) rightly I had the right go at him and also they sat with the Welsh supporters so it would have looked odd them not singing the Welsh national anthem especially since they now hold the Prince and Princess of Wales titles it was in Cardiff as well wasn't it so I think, to be honest, there's going to be a a real initiation phase, the Prince and Princess of Wales into Wales. We're going to talk about St. David's Day with them in a second. But as a Welsh person, it's still weird to see Catherine and William as the Prince and Princess of Wales for me. And that isn't because I don't respect them or I don't want them as that. It's just a, a strange thing. In the nicest way, I really supported them when they became the Prince and Princess of Wales. But actually, in what has happened and the way in which they've been initiated into that role, I've not really connected with them. I think in five years' time, I'll really embrace it. But right now, I'm like, nah, you're just an English guy trying to be Welsh. (laughs) It doesn't work. (laughs) I hate to say that because it's St. David's Day and everything. And I I love both of them. But for me, it's not connecting with me as a Welsh person. I know the Welsh people may feel completely differently, but I don't know. Um, William and Catherine visited Brunelwell uh, Rehabilitation Centre to mark their charitable foundation's new collaboration. 
And then on their socials, right, this is what one of the posts said, exciting news. In our second Community Impact Day, we're launching a collaboration between the Royal Foundation and Life at Number 27, creating allotments and therapy gardens to support mental health and well-being in communities across South Wales. So this is a way for them as Prince and Princess of Wales with the Royal Foundation to create the mental health support in South Wales, which I'm all for. And like I say, they went to the rehabilitation centre. They were looking at the allotments and Catherine planted sweet William seeds in the garden. I know it was so cute. They met a great Dane dog, which I was loving. (laughs) And also a St. Bernard dog who was part of pet therapy. And I'm all for this. I'm like, bring on the dog engagements. And then they unveiled a plaque. We got a lot of attacks in this one. We also found out that William has now become the patron of Welsh Air Ambulance Charity, which, to be honest, is no surprise. It makes complete sense. Yeah, because as we know, he was an air ambulance pilot for many years, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And then we saw William and Catherine Aberavon Leisure Centre, right? Did you see this engagement? I they did see were this. on spin bikes, having a race. And I don't know whether you heard this. Catherine asked the fitness instructor, can I make it harder? William was like, what do you mean make it harder? And <laughs> honestly, they just went for it, didn't they? And guess who won? Because you know they're so competitive. Catherine <laughs> won a gold cup. But I mean, come on, you're having a spin class and all of a sudden the Prince and Princess of Wales come in. Well, to be fair, I think with that physique, with those legs, Catherine does peloton. She must <laughs> <Of course>. do. <laughs> the, way, the way she knew exactly where to pull up to make it yeah. harder, you can tell she has her own peloton bike. Oh, of course. What I absolutely loved about this is how unrelenting William and Catherine were. They just went for it. <laughs> and then afterwards, they didn't have a speed of sweat on them. What was going on? And also, Catherine did the peloton in a skirt and heels. And then did you hear at the end, William said, I think I split my pants. <laughs> I was thinking, oh my God, can you actually imagine if he stood up and his trousers are split at the back? They weren't, they weren't. But could you imagine like the front pages the next day, future king, ass on the stage. And a split in good time. <laughs> They'd have to go around with a bouquet of flowers behind him constantly. <laughs> At the leisure centre, they learned about sports and fitness and how that supports mental health. So you can see that, you know, most of their engagements within South Wales had that mental health initiative behind it. And then today, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 1st of March, we saw the Prince and Princess of Wales visiting Combermere Barracks during St. David's Day Parade, where William gave a speech as the new Colonel of the Welsh Guards. The 5th Royal Australian Regiment was also in attendance, and William and Catherine spoke to them about their role in training the Ukrainian armed forces in the UK. Now, this is something that we actually mentioned last episode, because King Charles went to the barracks, didn't he, and actually met some of the Ukrainian soldiers who were coming over and getting trained. But also, during this engagement, there was a little boy called Thomas Lucas. 
and he was doing some gymnastics. And I'm not kidding, this little boy is really, really good. And Catherine was like super impressed. She came and she goes, I was super impressed by your gymnastics. It takes a lot of courage to do that in front of everybody. He was doing some backflips and he said that he learned how to do it off of YouTube. <laughs> I mean, YouTube for the win, that's what I say. <laughs> YouTube for the win. YouTube for the win. I've loved seeing William and Catherine this week because there's some weeks where we only get to see them on one or two engagements. This week, we've seen them on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and they've got an engagement with some European royals tomorrow. We're going to move over to the king now. And I want to start with this, which I was super excited to find out, Rach. The 700-year-old coronation chair is being prepared now, ready for the king's coronation in May. I mean, that is exciting, but that's not the most exciting bit. You can actually go and visit the Westminster Abbey Conservators as they're carrying out this work. If you go to Westminster Abbey in the next couple of weeks, they'll be there mostly on Mondays and Tuesdays. So if you're coming over to Britain right now, if you're visiting London, head to Westminster Abbey on those days, you can actually see them working on the coronation chair. It's a big deal. 700 year old chair. Edward the Confessor's chair, isn't it? Yeah. When you do the Westminster Abbey tour, it's made such a big deal of. You look at it and you go, right, okay, it's very weathered. You know what I mean by that? Like the royal (laughs) community is 700 years old. But actually the significance of it and the historical connection to our British history is massive. So we also saw the king this week speaking out against the war in Ukraine one year on from when the conflict started and he said it has now been a year that the people of Ukraine have suffered unimaginably from an unprovoked full-scale attack on their nation. They have shown truly remarkable courage and resilience in the face of such human tragedy. I can only hope the outpouring of solidarity from across the globe may bring not only practical aid but also strength from the knowledge that together we stand united. We've also had news that the king met with the European Commissioner President Ursula von der Leyen this week and she was in the UK as talks are continuing around the Northern Ireland border and also finalities about the Brexit deal with the EU. We try not to be political here on the podcast but the reason we want to bring these two points out is because a lot of people have asked us what is the big deal Yeah, and I think we need to have this conversation, Rach. Should the king be involved in politics? Now, my first thought, as soon as I read that statement about the Ukraine, I think this was too political. We see the solidarity with the royal family and supporting Ukraine, but this is a very highly charged political moment in our world history. And I think this statement isn't king-like for me. I think it's too political when the king was meeting the European Commission president, that it was on the government's advice that he met with her and it was not a personal choice. It seemed like Charles was wazing into politics when as the monarch, as the head of state, he's meant to remain politically neutral. They do have opinions, but they're not meant to publicly say what those opinions are because then it could be seen that you're trying to sway the people into your way of thinking. You know, the queen always bordered on that politics values lied when she wore specific things that's how she would tell you how she was feeling about her opinion so for example when we were going through Brexit or when Scotland wanted to leave as part of the UK she would then wear colours or pieces of jewellery where you could guess of where her opinions laid it must be quite hard for the king in that sense because he can't really do that and the only way that he can show his opinion is to speak out but again he's not really meant to because he is our head of state I understand why but I think he shouldn't have put that statement out where do you draw the line I think though 
if you are the monarch, there must be certain points where you've got to stand up for what is right. I don't think you can in that role though, Rachel. I think this is why I find it hard. As a Prince of Wales, he was able to have an opinion. As king, it's a completely different story. And actually, during his speech when he became king, he actually said that, didn't he? That I have to push aside everything that I believe in. I just feel like this was a little bit out of the remit of what I expect in a monarch. But I completely understand why he did it. Royal community, come over to Instagram, leave us a voice note about what you think. Do you think the king is starting to become too political? Do you think he's got it just right? Or do you think he's not political enough? Let us know also over on our email, keepingupthewindsorspod at gmark.com. We also have a YouTube channel, Keeping Up The Windsors, where we have lots of raw content over there, including a video of us meeting the king. Yay! Can you believe that happened, Rach? (laughs) Still can't believe it. (laughs) If you'd love to help us out, you can by reviewing the podcast. Leave us five stars over on Spotify, or you can leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Podbean, favourite the episode and also leave us a comment. That's it for this week. We will see you next week on Keeping Up With the Winters. Winters.